Welcome to another episode of the G-Man Show. I'm the G-Man, Ron Gerard, and I'll be behind the controls of the mothership of social media. We're cleared for takeoff, so settle back and enjoy our in-flight entertainment. Today, we shine our light on Buck O'Neill, who without question was a great ambassador for our national pastime, and most notably, the Negro Leagues. He was a keeper of the flame, and he carried the torch for so many who may have been forgotten. Allow me to give you some backstory on an inspirational man. John Jordan Buck O'Neill played and managed in the Negro American League and later became the first African-American coach in Major League Baseball with the Chicago Cubs. That was in 1962. Previous to that, he served as a scout and he signed a number of prominent players. But perhaps his most impressive accomplishment was his tireless work to help establish the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City, Missouri. He traveled and promoted the Negro Leagues across the country, helping to keep alive the memory of its brand of ball and many of its legendary players such as Satchel Paige, Willie Wells, Josh Gibson, and Cool Papa Bell. In 2006, Buck O'Neill was posthumously awarded his country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. This interview was conducted in Baltimore, Maryland in 1993. Miranda Ball in the Negro Leagues. You, you were speaking of it at this symposium earlier. Uh, how, would you, how would you classify it in terms of Major League Ball at the time, the Negro League players? It was actually, the difference, the only difference is it was just a quicker brand of baseball. We had quick fellas and to actually capsule it for you uh, Rube Foster in 1920 had a ball club he had eight ball players on that field was like he had eight Ricky Hendersons on the field everybody on the field was capable of hitting 25 home runs everybody on the field was capable of stealing 20 bases. That was the kind of baseball that they were playing in that era. That was Negro League Baseball. And in that era, Major League Baseball, now you just, you came up with the Babe Ruth. That's the home run era. So you would hit the ball, wait for somebody else to hit it, wait for somebody else to hit it, so you might take three hits to get a run. Where in Negro League Baseball, the guy would probably drop a bunt, beat it out, steal second, steal third, and if you weren't careful, would steal home. So actually, one hit, he just might have one run. You know, we hear the outstanding players, uh, of course, Josh Gibson and so forth, uh, Satchel Page. What are some of the, you, you, we have a guy here in Baltimore uh, that you're trying to get inducted in the Hall of Fame, uh, Leon Day. What, what do you remember about him? I remember he's one of the best pitchers I, I had ever seen. 1942 World Series, uh, we had beaten the Grays, the Monarchs. We had beaten the Grays three ball games in the World Series. Just one more ball game to play, and the Grays needed another pitcher. So the Grays took Leon Day from Newark and to pitch against us in Kansas City. He pitched against Satchel that day in Kansas City, and he beat Satchel one nothing. I think he struck out 14 Monarchs. But actually, it was against the rule because he wasn't eligible to play with that ball club against us. So that game didn't count. But 
that's what he did. He was just that type pitcher. Was Satchel is, is uh, you know, we knew he had great talent, but he was, uh, what got him all the attention? He was just a great showman also? Well, actually, what got Satchel all the attention, it started with, see, the media didn't do much for our baseball. The Saturday evening post, when Satchel came to the Kansas City Monarchs, this got to be around 38, the, the, the Saturday evening post wrote, a feature article on Satchel Page and how he had pitched all over the country and what he did, then now everybody started to knowing about Satchel Page. And I would get, I would see guys who were 70 years old and they would say, my daddy took me to see Satchel Page. Satchel Page at that time, Satchel Page was 32, but now they are saying, my daddy took me to see Satchel Page. He was seven and Satchel 32. But what they did, they equated that to every black pitcher that they had seen. They heard about Satchel, so this had to have been Satchel. Well, listen, we appreciate you taking a few moments of your time, Buck. Uh, uh -huh. Did, If it, my memory serves me correct, did you sign uh, Ernie Banks, or did you have something to do with Ernie? I signed Ernie Banks. I signed Lou Brock. I signed uh, uh, Lou Johnson. I signed... Uh, Today's baseball player, I signed Joe Carter. I signed Smith over at St. Louis. Now, the relief pitcher. Mm -hmm. Lee Smith. Yeah, Arthur Lee Smith, yeah. I can ask you one more thing. We talk about one of the great shortstops of all time, Ozzie Smith. How, how does he uh, compare with some of the greats you've seen? Arthur Smith was the closest thing uh, defensively to Willie Wells, but Willie Wells was a great hitter. Willie Wells was a... a great base runner too. Willie Wells was the type guy could steal 50 or 60 bases. Willie Wells was the type of guy could hit you 30 home runs. That was Willie Wells. Uh-huh. Who was the greatest uh, player you ever saw? Greatest player I ever saw was Oscar Charleston. Oscar Charleston was the center fielder for the Indianapolis ABCs. I first saw him as a kid. I was a kid and I saw him and the closest thing to Oscar Charleston, Willie Mays. Well, listen, thank you, sir. Best of luck to you, and uh, we appreciate all you've done. Buck O'Neill, who never stopped painting the portrait of a bygone era to which we should all be grateful. He was a pioneer who, in spite of tough times, never had a bad day. Until we join together again, keep your hands up, your chin down, shoot the jab. And don't make me look for you.